This is John Martinka, and it's another episode of the Getting the Deal Done podcast series. And my special guest today is Rick Lott, the owner of multiple window and door companies across four states in the Pacific Northwest and Mountain region. So Rick, welcome. Thanks, John. Good morning. Yeah. So Rick, you you originally bought Windows, Doors, and more after leaving Microsoft in, C in Seattle. So why don't you tell us a little bit about from then to now, uh, how you phased out the seller and how that worked, et, et cetera. Sure. And um, thank you for getting me here, John. I had a great pleasure to work with you for a year as we looked at businesses to buy after I left Microsoft in 2013. Actually, 2012 is when I left the company and um, started looking at businesses. And when we found Windows Doors and more, I, I knew it was a good fit. Um, I had the good fortune to have been in this industry prior to my technology career. Um, so it's kind of a return to my roots and um, I was able to ramp up probably more quickly in a new industry than, than others might be. Um, we came in with a business that was just coming out of the throes of the downturn. 2013 was just starting to see the glimmer of the light of day after the, the big downturn starting in 2008. And Windows Doors, more like many building materials companies, had really suffered. Um, they had had a challenging run, which... I believe was one of the reasons that the owner decided that it was time for him to sell. Um, he worked extremely hard to keep the business afloat and to um, uh, continue to stay viable through that tough time. Uh, when I came in, um, it was um, a challenge. Uh, revenues were um, down to about $5 million from a high of 20 million um, years earlier and um, down from three locations to one and employees down from 60 to about 12. Uh, so dramatic changes in downsizing during that, um, that recession period or um, uh, the downturn period. Um, and so I needed to come in and turn things back around and grow it. And um, fortunately, I was able to come in as the, um, the, the tide started to turn, uh, the market started to get stronger uh, we made some decisions on people. It all starts with people, um, as well as how we went to market uh, that helped us um, start to grow the business back. Uh, the seller um, was interested in staying with the business. Um, as often we do, we signed a, um, a, a employment agreement for a year, um, and he took on a sales role for us. And um, he had so much fun just selling you know, not having to deal with all of the operational side of the business and the challenges, um, but he ended up staying for three years. Um, and so it was a really great experience for him to go out on a high note of um, having the opportunity to go out and build relationships and renew relationships and help in the, um, the rebirth, if you will, of the company that had suffered so, so dramatically during that downturn. Okay. So Rick, you came from the corporate world, like a lot of people who end up buying a business, you know, they, they get sick of the corporate world. So what was the difference in, you know, the thinking and the actions you had to take in the corporate versus small business environment? What worked, what didn't? And, and especially, I think that goes to with employees and motivating them. 
Yeah, definitely um, an adjustment for sure. Um, and not only did I come from a corporate world, but I came from Microsoft, which is a unique company in itself, a tremendous company. And um, you know, one of the things that I cherish about my experience at Microsoft was the people, the really smart, really driven people that are there. Um, and one of the things that was um, kind of an eye opener to me here in a small business is that not everybody had that same level of drive and ambition. Uh, certainly there's some smart people, maybe not Microsoft level smart, uh, but the, the motivations were quite different. Uh, the, um, everybody talks about quality of life, even in the corporate world, but I think in a small business, that's much more important to people. One of the first things that many of the employees stressed to me when I came in was that it was a family. They wanted to be treated like family. Um, and I, I found that what that meant was uh, a lot more tolerance for their personal needs, whether that was time off or uh, flexibility of schedule or uh, the, uh, the, the commitment level um, that, I, that, that people were willing to make. Um, in fact, at, at, at one period in time, I implemented a number of programs that um, I had learned, if you will, from the corporate world. And at one point, uh, we were doing some sales reporting and um, uh, regular sales meetings, uh, maybe too often. And I got feedback from the team that, hey, if we wanted to do this, we'd be working for a big business. Um, the reason we work for you in this small business is so we don't have to do that stuff. And so I learned to I have to be a little bit careful on implementing these things, even though they might be best practices. And even though I might see that there's some upside to doing them, gotta sell them internally to the people first. And especially some of these big changes that maybe are our processes, procedures, activities that had never been asked of these employees before. One of the, you know, there's things that work and things that don't that I found. Um, you know, people were excited to come in and ha or have me come in and provide some, you know, organizational structure um, and excited to come in with some performance management, employee performance systems that um, included, you know, KPIs and regular reviews and metrics. Um, those were things that hadn't happened in the small business here. And uh, many of the employees felt those were a very, very positive thing to do. Um, but there's a balance. Uh, if you go too far, I found into reporting and implementation of, of systems like CRM, et cetera, it can, it can be um, a put off to those employees. Uh, so I'm learn, I've learned or am continuing to learn uh, to find that balance. Um, in a corporate world, um, it, it's easy to come in and say, we are going to do this. In a small business where you don't have a deep bench and you don't have a lot of duplicity and employee roles, you gotta be really careful because if somebody decides they um, don't wanna do it and they're gonna leave, uh, you, you don't have a backfill. Um, and backfilling employees in a small business of you know, 12 to 15 employees is, is really challenging in our, in our market, especially. Okay, so that's Windows Doors and more. And a couple few years later, you made another acquisition company based out of Bozeman with multiple locations. Tell us about that and how that has helped you with uh, your Seattle business. And also uh, you have a partner in that operation. 
Yeah, when I, uh, an opportunity came to me um, through a referral um, that this business was for sale. And it seemed to the person doing the referring that it was exactly the same business as mine, selling windows and doors. Um, one of the things that I think is important to note that especially when a small business has a niche, those niches can be very different. You can go across the country to find window and door companies and pull a dozen of them together and their route to market, their business model, even their products can be dramatically different. And one of the things I learned after the acquisition is that um, even in my businesses now in these five locations, depending on market, um, we have different products, uh, different roles in the market, different niches in the market, and, and, and different, different models ranging from highly transactional to ultra custom. Um, I was fortunate to, to have the opportunity to make the acquisition, and, but I knew, or at least I believed that I didn't have the bandwidth to you know, manage all of these on my own. So I reached out to a person in the industry who is actually my brother-in-law and um, made a proposal to him to join the business to take an equity position in the business and to um, take on responsibility for managing uh, that group of businesses in, Mon in, 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 in Montana and Idaho. That was, he's done a fabulous job of taking the reins of those businesses and um, helping develop them. You, you, you asked what maybe I learned, I've learned a lot. Um, uh, certainly having the reference of the different business models access to different products, um, different levels of expertise around those that we can share best practices across the locations. Uh, it's, it helps though, I've, I'm, I'm finding still that bringing the businesses all together is challenging. Um, trying to show the what's in it for me for individual employees at individual locations is really, is really hard. Um, people are um, provincial, territorial, they worry about their business and the fact that they're part of a bigger organization um, isn't necessarily a positive for them. Uh, they just wanna make sure that uh, anything that they're doing is specific to the success of their location and their business. And I'm still, it's still one of my big challenges. Um, and, and I think so far failures is trying to get a organizational structure and a, um, a commitment uh, across all these different businesses so that we're operating more cohesively. Um, number one priority on my to-do list. Because you also added an installation division based out of Bozeman, correct? Yeah, that's right. That was, um, that was last year, third quarter of last year. And um, that really made a difference. We had been doing um, in-house installation um, and um, and especially in that market in Montana, a good percentage of what we sell, we also install. And that we had been using uh, third-party installers uh, as well as our in-house employees. And we decided let's put this all into one business that we can own, um, own separately. We can not only provide the installation services to our different locations, but to um, other um, subcontractors as well. Um, the good news is we haven't had the opportunity to, to deal with other subcontractors because we're um, sold out. Uh, the, the markets in um, Montana and Wyoming, especially at the high end locations like Big Sky and Whitefish and Jackson Hole, 
have just been um, incredible, incredible markets of strength and opportunity. Uh, and adding the installation capabilities um, and broadening those, we're up to, I think, 18 employees now in the install business. It uh, has really put us in a unique position in the market uh, that we can take on uh, a lot of business as well as some tremendously large projects. Uh, we've got a couple of jobs that are in the multi-million dollar range for the windows, the window packages on these homes. Um, it's, it's just phenomenal um, to see what, um, what that market is, is doing as far as building some tremendously um, uh, beautiful um, and unique homes. So, you know, 2020 was an interesting year for most of us. And I know you have told me you are an essential business. Uh, I also got a letter from the state saying I'm essential. Uh, okay. With some qualifications on how we can meet with people. But uh, what happened in 2020? Any supply chain issues? Was it tough to get, get people? Were they scared to come to work? Uh, share, share what happened. Yeah, and again, each market is different. Um, the reaction and response in Bozeman, Montana is much different than Seattle, Washington. And so that's part of those differences that I've had to learn in, in managing the individual locations. Uh, but in Q2, um, it was scary. And I think there's not a business owner out there that was looking around wondering what was going to happen. Uh, I ended up um, sending all the employees home, furloughing and um, laying off employees uh, until we could come to work. And that lasted about six to eight weeks. Um, that was here in Seattle. Uh, we did not do that in any of the other locations. Uh, but I was coming to work here um, every day with myself and a warehouse manager. We were continuing to um, uh, unload trucks and uh, allow customers to will call or pick up their product as they needed it. So there was a trickle of product coming in and out. But yes, factories um, had a really tough time um, in keeping up because they were struggling with um, their own uh, employee um, uh, absenteeism due to the COVID. Um, there was issues with trucking. There was issues, but we're still seeing it. You know, right now we're seeing um, a, a, a really difficult time with international freight. There's a backlog of containers out there and trying to get containers for shipping. We bring a lot of product from Europe um, is really, really hard um, and delaying what's already a long lead time product. So we've, we've and, and I believe that uh, that's related to a, a now a resurgence of business in um, uh, you know in the worldwide market as as we're starting to see more international freight. Um, it's also um, there's a limitation on the number of ocean-going vessels uh, due to the COVID virus, so not as many ships are going across the ocean. Uh, so it's it's continuing to be a challenge for us from a supply chain. Domestic supply chain has I, I think returned to where it was pre um, you know pre-COVID. Uh, which is a good thing, um, and, and many of <coughs> excuse me, many of the building materials manufacturers have been extremely busy through this time, especially with the renovation and uh, remodeling market. Um, people are at home; they're looking around their house and thinking, "Ah, I could use a new sliding glass door, or a new set of French doors, or some new windows, or um, maybe an addition." Um, and so that remodeling business has been very robust across the country. 
Okay. So I have one more question for you, Rick, and you can share final thoughts or uh, advice, lessons learned for other business owners. Uh, you know, you mentioned CRM and you came out of Microsoft. Talk about technology. What's worked? What hasn't worked? <laughs> well, that was an eye-opener for me, John. Um, uh, you know, coming from a, a technology environment where we take a lot of access to technology for granted, uh, coming into a small business um, and realizing how, um, number one, how expensive it is, um, and number two, how challenging it is to stay current and to manage it um, was a real eye-opener. It continues to be um, something that we as a small business struggle with. Uh, one of my challenges across those different businesses is that we have different uh, platforms, uh, different accounting platforms or ERP platforms, so that um, you know we're not all um, on a common platform. And the, the work to get that done, both from a cost standpoint and an implementation standpoint, um, is going to be pretty challenging. Um, but we, we need to do it. I, I think that's probably the most important thing that I can do to get these companies to all start um, performing and reporting and acting as one is to get shared resources as far as a, a, a operating platform goes. Um, one of the things when I bought this company, um, this particular company, Windows Doors and More, that I was attracted to was that they had already implemented um, a, a, a ERP system, Microsoft's Dynamics Great Plains, uh, and Microsoft CRM. Um, they'd put a lot of money into it and a lot of uh, resources. Um, and to me, on paper, that looked like, you know, wow, really sophisticated and uh, really an upside. When I got here, I found out it didn't work. Uh, the CRM wasn't talking to the um, ERP. Um, the um, modules weren't being utilized. Um, probably had way more um, computing capabilities than we needed for a small business. Um, and while it was attractive to me as a buyer, um, in hindsight, it probably should have been a red flag in that um, uh, understanding what the technological needs are, technology leads, needs are for a small business versus a larger enterprise, um, uh, you know, it would have been helpful to me. And I, I, didn't, I didn't get that. Um, Good news is I've got more than I need here. Um, the bad news is I have more than I need from a technology platform standpoint. Um, we've moved to the cloud. Um, we have um, remote desktops in the cloud, which um, really worked well this last year. Um, most of our employees, our sales employees, our administrative employees have all worked from home. Uh, so being able to log into their, um, their desktops um, and, and have network access that way has been, all our data has been really beneficial um, during this last year. Great. And I can relate, Rick. Uh, we tried Salesforce for a couple of years and it, the learning curve was tremendous only to find out just basic things we needed, it didn't do. And found another option that uh, is a lot cheaper, simpler, and does what we want. So I completely understand. Any final thoughts? Um, you know, I, I would say that uh, I wish I had known a long time ago what I know now. Um, these last seven years have been delightful 
and satisfying and very rewarding. And I'm really glad I, I, I did this. Uh, I, I miss Microsoft. Um, what a great company, what a tremendous experience. I don't think I could have had the success I've had in this business without that Microsoft experience, without that exposure to all those really smart people and learning so much from them. Uh, but now that I'm here, um, it, it's, been a, it's been a ball. It's certainly ups and downs, uh, but one of the greatest decisions I ever made. And um, I would encourage anybody that has an entrepreneurial spirit to look at pursuing, owning, and operating their own business. Well, thank you, Rick. So once again, this is John Martinka with my guest, Rick Locke, with multiple window and door companies. And if you want to reach Rick, you can contact him at rickl at windowsshowroom.com. And that will get right to him in his Seattle office. So again, Rick, thank you very much for taking the time to share your experience and your, your lessons. And I look forward to, you know, continuing our friendship. Thank you, John. All the best.